0: Our scripture this morning comes from the book of Joshua, chapter 3, verses 7 through 17. Hear now the word of the Lord. The Lord said to Joshua, This day I will begin to exalt you in the sight of all Israel, so that they may know that I will be with you as I was with Moses. You are the one who shall command the priests who bear the ark of the covenant. When you come to the edge of the waters of the Jordan, you shall stand still in the Jordan. Joshua then said to the Israelites, draw near and hear the words of the Lord your God. Joshua said, by this you shall know that among you is the living God who without fail will drive out from before you the Canaanites, Hittites, Hivites, Perizzites, Girgashites, Amorites, and Jebusites. The Ark of the Covenant of the Lord of all the earth is going to pass before you into the Jordan. So now select twelve men from the tribes of Israel, one from each tribe. When the souls of the feet of the priests who bear the Ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, rest in the waters of the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan flowing from above shall be cut off. They shall stand in a single heap. When the people set out from their tents to cross over the Jordan, the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant were in front of the people. Now the Jordan overflows all its banks throughout the time of harvest. So when those who bore the Ark had come to the Jordan and the feet of the priests bearing the Ark were dipped in the edge of the water, the waters flowing from above stood still, rising up in a single heap far off at Adam the city that is beside Zarethon, while those flowing toward the sea of the Arabah, the Dead Sea, were wholly cut off. Then the people crossed over opposite Jericho. While all Israel was crossing over on dry ground, the priests who bore the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stood on dry ground in the middle of the Jordan until the entire nation finished crossing over the Jordan. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, be to God. Would you pray with me? Gracious and holy God, I pray now that you would pour your Holy Spirit through me, that these words might truly become your living word to your people. And I pray that you would open up each of our hearts and minds that we might receive that word exactly in the place that we need to be here, need to hear it. And that we might be changed. For we ask this in the name of our risen and reigning Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. It's a bad season for giving, isn't it? I mean, the economy is threatening recession, the stock market is still very uncertain and struggling. Interest rates are sky high. Inflation is going through the roof. Gas prices are still high. Many of you have retirement looming ahead or college tuition or health care to worry about. We're still dealing with the worst pandemic we've seen in over a century. We are in uncertain and tumultuous times. So it's just not a good time to be committing our financial resources to the church or to be increasing our pledge, never mind tithing. No, it's it's just too risky. No, it's just not a good season to be stepping out in faith with our money. Maybe. In our text this morning we find the Israelites in a bad season for crossing the Jordan River. You see, they had just lost their prophet Moses, who had led their parents and grandparents out of Egypt and who had guided them through the wilderness for the last 40 years with incredible displays of God's power. But now Moses was gone. And his replacement, Joshua, was untested as their leader and unproven as one with whom God's power resided. And it's usually just not a good idea to be making bold moves forward during such uncertain times. To make matters worse, the text tells us that it was flood season on the Jordan River. And anyone who's ever been around flooding waters will tell you that they can be very unpredictable and very dangerous. Crossing the river under those conditions was just too risky, especially with the women and the children. No, it, was just, it was just not a good season to be stepping out in faith with their lives. But then God tells Joshua to command the priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant to walk up to the edge of the Jordan River and then march right in, ark and all. Now if you recall, the ark was that wooden box where they kept the 10 commandments which were written on those two stone tablets given by God to Moses on Mount Sinai. The ark represented the, the presence and the power of God in their midst. And yet God tells them to carry it right into a raging river. Now maybe maybe they thought it would float and it could ferry them all across. Then again, maybe it would just get swept away and so would they. But then Joshua says to the people, this is how you will know that the living God is among you. When the priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant step into the river, its waters shall be cut off. Now, this is not the first time the Israelites have had to cross over a body of water. Forty years earlier, on their way out of Egypt, they had passed through the Red Sea. Back then, God had first parted the waters while the Israelites looked on. Then, once the way was clear, they crossed over on dry land. This time, however, the waters would not be parted until the priests stepped into the river. This time, the people had to commit themselves and participate in order for the miracle to occur. But stepping into a raging river, carrying a heavy object, trusting that that God was going to miraculously stop the water in time to save them? Well, that would require a heck of a lot of faith. Right. You see, after God had brought the people out of slavery in Egypt and sustained them in the wilderness for the last 40 years, God expected the people to have learned something along the way. God expected them to have learned how to step out in faith and put their trust in God. And God is saying to the people, now is the time for taking action. For the promised land awaits. But do you really believe that the living God is with you and that I will do what I say I will do? And do you believe it enough to commit yourself to taking action, even in a bad season, even when it's risky? This question is not just for the Israelites. For God is also asking you and me what we believe. For you see, God also expects us to have learned something as a congregation over the years. From that first group of believers who followed Henry Edmonds to the Temple Emmanuel and formed this congregation back in 1915 this church has multiplied and expanded and thrived. I mean, just think of all the weddings that have taken place here, all the children who have been baptized here, all the acolytes who've carried the cross and the light of Christ up and down this aisle, all loved ones whose lives have been celebrated here. I mean, there have been hard times in the wilderness and difficult obstacles to overcome, including a fire that burned much of this building, some family disagreements, and a worldwide pandemic. And there have been wonderful moments of joy and grace and celebration. And through it all, the living God has been here among you, sustaining you, and providing for you along the way. But do you really believe that? After all, just because we say we believe something doesn't mean we actually do. And there are some kinds of convictions that we claim to hold publicly that we may not actually believe in reality. We just want other people to think that we believe it. Think about King Herod, when he told the wise men to go and find the Christ child and then report back to him so that he too might go and worship the new king. Did Herod really want to go worship Jesus? Of course not. Did he want the wise men to believe that he did? Absolutely. These kinds of beliefs are basically PR statements. They're just for show. And we're seeing a whole lot of it these days with politicians in our country, aren't we? Claiming to believe something in order to get voted even if they don't really believe it. But then there are other kinds of convictions that we genuinely think that we hold and believe, but when those beliefs are put to the test, our actions might reveal that what we thought were sincerely held beliefs actually turn out to be false. Think now about Peter, before Jesus was arrested, when he swore that he would never abandon Jesus, even if all the others did, was Peter Sincere when he said that? Did he actually think that he meant it? I I think he did. But did it actually turn out to be a true belief of Peter's? No, it did not. Sometimes what we think we believe comes into fatal conflict with other convictions that we hold far more deeply. And in the end, Peter believed that looking out for number one and protecting his own skin was more important than remaining faithful to Jesus. The truth is, we are so easily self-deceived, and therefore we are not always the best judges of what we really believe, at least not until those beliefs are put to the test. Just because we say we believe something or think we believe something or even want to believe something doesn't mean we actually do. But that brings us to the deepest kind of faith convictions of all, and those are our core beliefs. Now, core beliefs are always true, whether we realize it or not, because they are the foundational lens through which we view all of reality. And core beliefs are always revealed by our actions. Think now about Peter on the day of Pentecost when he went outside and boldly proclaimed to all the people of Jerusalem that Jesus was the Messiah. Did Peter really believe it this time? <laughs> he sure did. How do we know? Because he became utterly fearless in his proclamation of the gospel. And for Christ's sake, he was willing to endure imprisonment, flogging, and ultimately even death on a cross. What Peter truly believed was revealed by his fearless, unwavering, self-sacrificing commitment and devotion to Jesus. His faith in Christ had gone from just a public statement of faith and a self-deceiving conviction to a foundational core belief that changed his entire view of reality. And his actions proved it. Well, standing on the banks of the Jordan River, the Israelites were about to reveal what they had come to believe during their time in the wilderness. Now certainly during later periods of Israel's history, the people would give God a lot of lip service, publicly professing their trust and devotion to God while their actions proved otherwise. This day, however, fresh from their lessons in the wilderness, their belief was true. And so the people all lined up behind those priests, and then the priests carrying the ark marched right into the river. And the moment those priests stepped out in faith and their feet touched the water, the river parted right before their eyes just as God said it would. And then those priests carried the ark right to the center of the riverbed, and then they stood there holding the ark while all of Israel passed safely by. Notice, those priests were not doing all that just for their own benefit. No, they stepped out in faith on behalf of everyone else. They were a living sacrifice, taking the risk and bearing the burden of the ark for the entire nation, for their children, and for all their descendants yet to come who would grow up in the promised land. And they stood firm. When faced with the question of whether they really believed that the living God was with them and that God could be trusted, their actions spoke louder than words. It turns out they had learned something in the wilderness. They learned that it's never a bad season for stepping out in faith when the living God is with you. And their actions proved it. If you have not already, most of you should receive in the next few days a, a stewardship mailing containing a pledge card for 2023. And now is our turn to show what we have come to believe and to know on our journeys of faith. The question is, do we really believe that Jesus is Lord and that he should have first place in our lives? Do we really believe that everything we have belongs to God and that we have been created to be givers, blessed so that we might become a blessing? Do we really believe that the living God is with us? And that there is nothing in all of creation, not even a pandemic and an unsteady economy that can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Because if we really believe all of that, then our pledge campaign is going to be a heck of a success. And 2023 is going to be a heck of a year for us. Maybe the best year we've ever had as a church. But we need everyone's help to make that happen. Inflation is affecting us too, and the cost of ministry are going up. And we need to make sure that we can continue to, to, to pay well our incredible staff for the good work that they're doing. And I hope you understand how extraordinary our staff is here. But we're still in need of another associate Pastor. We've lost three in the last several years and we haven't replaced any of them. And frankly, I need help. I need someone who can help me manage the staff and who can help all of us to grow as disciples of Jesus. But over the next few years, we also want to become a tithing church, one that commits at least 10% of what we receive and pledges to the mission of Jesus Christ beyond IPC, to feed the hungry, and clothe the naked, and house the homeless, to provide support for relief efforts when tragedies occur, to support other churches and organizations and people doing good work for the kingdom like the Society of St. Andrew. We shouldn't be dependent on designated gifts to help people in need. It should be a part of our commitment as a church to the mission of Jesus Christ. But again, we need everyone's help to make that happen because it's going to require a significant increase to our budget. But remember, just as those priests stood there with the ark on behalf of everyone else, how we respond as stewards of the gifts that God has given us is not just about us, it's about our children. And all the children yet to come who will grow up in this place learning about Jesus. And by virtue of our baptisms, every one of us has been ordained as a priest of the living God who is calling all of us to step out in faith and witness the faithfulness of God who those, to those who put their trust in Him. And all the faithful saints who have stepped out in faith here before us will be cheering us on as we now commit ourselves to the future of what they began here over a century ago, this family of faith we call Independent Presbyterian Church. So over the next few days and weeks, I hope that you will carefully and prayerfully consider what you will commit to the mission of Jesus Christ at IPC. And as you do, honestly ask yourself the question, what is your source of security and meaning in life? In whom or what do you place your ultimate trust? In your bank account? Or in the living God revealed to us in Jesus Christ, in whom, Paul says, we are no longer strangers and aliens wandering in the wilderness? but citizens with the saints in the household of God, our true promised land. The way God's people have always answered that question is with our actions. Because our actions always reveal our core beliefs. The things that we truly believe to be true. And one of the best ways to for us to demonstrate our belief that the living God is with us, that our God can be trusted, and that everything we have is a gift of grace, is for us to give generously and sacrificially to the mission of Jesus Christ, because that is what grateful people do. But, ah, you might say it, It's just too risky right now. After all, it's just not a good season to be stepping out in faith with our money. Maybe. But I guess that all just depends on what you really believe. Amen.